Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lisa Ann's Backstage Convos. Today we have a guest, not a solo episode, not just a guest, someone that you know very well as Small Hands. Also, I know very well as my friend Aaron, who is married to one of my favorite human beings in the entire planet. That's Joanna Angel. We know that, Aaron, you hear about you and Joanna all the time, but there's just this beautiful connection I've got to learn about you since I've gotten to know you since you've moved to New York. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Oh, thank you, Lisa. That was the warmest welcome I think I've ever gotten. <laughs> I want you to feel like I rolled it out. But you are here in New York, so everyone knows, uh, West Coast boy, but now here in New York, and we're outside getting in here. It's a chilly day, and I always feel bad for my friends who are adjusting to their first couple of winters back here. But Aaron, what's it been like moving to New York as the first place you've moved to to create your new life while you're still in the industry, so successful in the industry, but you've kind of got like multiple businesses going on now? Uh. I have been here almost two years now, and I can't believe I'm saying this, being from Southern California and living there my whole life previously, but I fucking love it. I feel at home here. I feel inspired. I feel like it's a great place for creativity and also a great place to still remain in the industry, do the work that we do, and have multiple ventures going on at the same time. I think the city is just very welcoming of like that kind of hustle. I agree. And the creative aspect, now that I've gotten to know you, I know so many things. You love to DJ, you love to produce music. So do you feel that you're more involved with those things since you've moved here? I I do. And it's funny because, you know, it used to be, or maybe being from the West Coast, you know, you had to be in LA, had to be in Hollywood to do that kind of stuff. And I lived in LA for 10 years and I'm thriving more musically here in New York than I ever did there. I just think that as the world changes and as time changes, um, Los Angeles, you know, bless its heart. (laughs) It's just not what it once was, especially for entertainment. While I feel like moving to New York, there's a real serious energy of creative people just everywhere in the city that I am like so honored to now be sort of a part of. And there's so many more venues here and different sized spaces. Like you can be seeing music yeah. every single night of the week in New York City. And it's funny you say that because uh, I'll go from, I'm a resident DJ at Soho House. Uh, so I'll go from spinning on the roof at the pool there and then I'll DJ like a private sex club in Brooklyn, so you know, in a dungeon. doing multiple uh, locations in one night. I'll, well, not in one night, but in the same week. Okay, <laughs> amazing. Um, and, and that's just, so New York to me. It's so cool to just be able to do such a wide, wacky variety of interesting things and still get to sort of remain myself. Yeah, the diversity here is incredible. And it's so easy to do multiple things. I think we all got to a point where we were just locked into the vibe of, of LA was everyone was exhausted from traffic where the vibe here is like, oh, we're bebopping in between our yeah, spots, whether yeah. you take the train or you walk. And so... You're still active in the industry, Mm -hmm. and your time in the industry has been nothing more than just you climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. (laughs) So to not make you go back to the beginning, but to kind of talk about, did you expect this to be something that was a big part of your life, or was it something you were more just trying out? 
Uh, actually, neither. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I picked a name Small Hands, which is pretty fucking stupid. So <laughs> I clearly wasn't planning on this giant career or being, you know, being the man, the guy. Uh, originally, uh, I and not to, it sounds a little corny, but uh, my wife Joanna, she owned a production studio. She was a director. I started doing porn just to help out my wife. I was only in her movies. I didn't get paid. <laughs> I did it for love. Uh, and so that was really all it ever Pure was. Sacrifice. You know, and I you was really went through not getting paid to have sex with beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, women. I know. What a tough what a tough road it's been. Uh, <laughs> but I was I was in um before I met my wife and before I was in the adult industry, I was in the music business. I was in bands. I played in a lot of bands. Uh, and so at the time where I started doing a little bit of porn it was just in between oh i i need it i'm i don't have a band right now and i need you know i need no, to help right. out yeah so in the Something in the fill filler the void, yeah, it, it's easy that's there that's not a long commitment you don't get to train yeah so you're like, gonna be hired yeah. for 90 days before you're allowed on the floor you know what in I mean? the interim from one band to the next let's uh fuck a bunch of people on camera sure. while my wife directs me <laughs> um so no i never thought it would become this this uh this thing that it's become today <laughs> it definitely wasn't planned were you a swinger before you got into the business? No, no. I had um, only been in monogamous relationships. And to be honest, I had never had... A lot of my firsts were on camera. I had never had an orgy before. I had never... I think I had had like one threesome and it was like pretty sloppy and, sure, and not memorable. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the one at the, the party you know, that we're stopped. all like, let's try yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had, you know, I had never like... Uh, fucked a girl with another man before things like that. All so, of those things. so I was, not, I wasn't approved by any means, but, but I lived a, a pretty standard monogamous classic, sure. you know, lifestyle. American guy. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember the mindset of you being married to Joanna and thinking that she was going to be watching you doing this or was it normalized to you? She'd been on set with her so much that by the time you actually got in front of the camera, you understood it. Yeah. I mean, Previous to me being on camera, I would go to set. I would help out. I was kind of a PA for a while. Picking I would, up the baby I mean, I, I, I would do everything. I would help the I'd talent. Go the trucks. I'd, I'd help the lighting guys bring their shit in. I'd help the talent fill out paperwork. I'd make tacos for everyone for lunch. I was craft services. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, I'd be wiping up stuff off the floor after the people were done having sex. So I literally did it, did it all, saw it all. I knew how it worked. Uh, and so I knew what I was getting into when I did step in front of the camera, but it's funny because, because I knew how it worked, I did not want to be in front of the camera. I, uh -huh. the first time Joanna said, Hey, would you like, you know, I, I want you to do a movie. I said, no, thank you. Thank you. But no, thank I'll do you. everything else. I'll, I, I, yeah, and I said, you know, I'll, I'm the like, trucks, I'll clean up spooge on the floor, but no, I'm your like rocker boyfriend. I'm in a band. I help out. I love, you know, that you, you've got this thing going, but I don't need to. I never pictured myself being a male star ever. Um, I, I didn't think I was that that guy. I never looked at myself and thought, "Oh yeah, you're you're that guy." <laughs> so from humble beginnings, you yeah. know. So you start doing this and realize, ah, oh, this is a no brainer for me because it doesn't work for everybody. It didn't happen quite like that either. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, I was terrified the first two years of my career. I Did you hear your heart beating? I would you... have like semi-panic attacks driving up to the looks to the set and I'd just be like, I don't know, bro, you're here. You you got let's you gotta do this. Like sink or swim is do or die. And and so to be honest, the first couple of years of my career were 
pretty stressful for me if I, and not, not a lot of fun, even though that sounds very weird to say it was, as you know, uh, you know, uh, being a performer, it's such a high pressure pass fail. Uh, I, I kind of liken it to, to doing like MMA or boxing where when the light, when the, when the ding, 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 when it's a green light, when the bell rings, you better be ready. Everyone's watching all the lights are on you. And if you do a good job, you're king of the world. And if you don't, tail between your legs, you feel so emasculated. And so that that kind of intense stress and pressure, which I saw being on set, I said, no, thanks. I'm good. I don't need to be a, I don't need to be a porn star. (laughs) Yeah. You witnessed the good, the bad, and the ugly, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of emotions too. There's a lot of vibrations that people bring with them to set. And sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. So you're managing that. It is a lot more stressful, I think, for a male performer than it is for for us. I mean, even though we have to be there a little bit longer, we're doing pretty girls before you get there. You know, some girls will say, well, their day is so much short. I'm like, yeah, but... Um, I would never really- say it's more, it's harder or less hard because, you know, everyone's individual experience is whatever it is. Sure. But the one thing I will say is... Uh, you can't fake an erection. That's what I was gonna say. That's why I'm. You that's can fake an orgasm in a. As a yeah. Can you can say pop shot. I can say okay, great. Yep. I'll climax. What do you want? Sixty seconds. Yeah. Perfect. And so you know, <laughs> you've heard directors say that. Okay, let's let's build it up for the climax. Okay, you're like okay. When you have to start yeah. directing people climaxing, this was not a good yeah. scene. But no, it's real. And so, when was it that you decided I'm going to branch out now and add a layer because? I've been places with you and I am blown away that you get recognized <laughs> way more than me and Joanna uh, combined. And it's you hilarious. Think? No. Come on, Lisa. Yes. Lisa. You're I, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's I think men, you know, you I'm don't very, wear makeup, you don't change your look. It's right. not like you're in keels or you have a different demeanor. It's just like it's guys true. are guys, you know? I think too it's my tattoos have helped because it makes me very instantly recognizable. Of course. Maybe even more, you know, there may be a, another male performer who's also just as well known, but that quick, like, oh, I see his tattoos from across the room. I know that's Aaron or small hands, whatever. And uh, so, for better or for worse, I think that's kind of helped me really be recognizable. Sure. Yeah. There's specific, whether they're on your hand yeah. or your neck, somebody knows the color of it. It's like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. And I, I would like to think too, and maybe this is a little bit patting myself on the back too much, but, uh, there's certain performers that are uh, very well known f- for just porn. Like that is their lane. They are superstars. They are deities. They are gods and goddesses. And I, though, because I do so many things, because I'm a DJ, because I'm in a band, and I was doing, you know, I was touring the world in bands before I was even in porn. So it's it's like I've always done many creative things, and I've always made sure to put those out into the world. Even the whole time I was doing porn, you always knew I was a music guy. You all, you know, and, and I, that was very calculated. It was on purpose because I I didn't ever want to be to just have the sex part be my only identity. I wanted it to be one very cool part of this bigger thing of who I was. And so I think now because of that and because I stayed consistent with that, uh, I do get recognized a, a decent amount in public because it's I'm I'm more than just sex. I, sure. I, I would like to think. <laughs> I completely, maybe not. Maybe I'm I just know, a dick. I completely but, agree. I mean, you can yeah. tell that from your social media, the things that you share, and the fact that you're, it's your authentic self. This is who you've always yeah. been. And now music is another way for you to communicate. Doing mm-hmm. scenes is actually a way to communicate. We're communicating with the world completely. through this art of the sexual creation, right? 
Yeah. But now you create a podcast with your wife yeah. that I've been on, that I you absolutely have. love. <laughs> it's the perfect situation for you studio-wise because of your location where you guys are. Mm. So just the tips. What made you guys decide to start Just the Tip? Um, well, initially, uh, we had pitched a podcast to the Gas Digital Network, which is the network we're on. Shout out to them. Shout out, Gas uh, Digital uh, for just me to have a show alone. Okay. Um, and it was a lot more serious in tone. Um, and basically, I was told that that wouldn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> what did and, you want to talk uh, about, Aaron? Well, Politics? Well, news? No, um, actually, I've never, and you're the first person I've ever told, you know, uh, outside of Joanna and the network. But so uh, I'm the son of a pastor. I grew up in a very religious, Christian, strict, conservative household. And I now do the work I do. And what I wanted to do was have a show where I interview interesting creative people about their religious or lack thereof religion in childhood and how it leads and how it works its way into their adult life and affects whatever interesting, cool things they're doing now, be it sex work, be it music or art. Because uh, I think that's such a fascinating two worlds to, to pick apart and see where the lines are drawn. Yeah, and there's you know so many specialists and doctors mm -hmm. and even uh, life coaches that talk right. about these elements and how they can make you make decisions without you thinking them through for yourself. Yeah. How does this benefit me or was just this something brought into my life mm -hmm. that I accepted as mine and then I started making my own choice like this doesn't suit me. It's it's a very fascinating topic to me because I've, I've lived it, I come from it. Um, and I still, it still permeates me every day, like that sure. stuff from childhood. But maybe down the road that'll come up, <laughs> come, and come they were to like, light. Uh, Aaron, we and love so <laughs> that you have this. We want to have these conversations. Maybe you should search yeah. out other podcasts and go on as a guest. But no, we're not yeah. doing this topic. They, they said, here. "How about you and your wife have a show where it's fun and <laughs> <laughs> and not that, not what you're wanting at all." No, um, basically they said, you know, that's a cool idea, but. Uh, we're more interested in the two of you and the dynamic you share, which also has turned out to be a, a great, awesome show. And I'm so I'm actually really happy that it worked out this way because uh, I love working with my wife. We've worked. It's a whole new activity. We've worked together in so yeah, many. Get you out. You go into the studio. I'm sure you guys go out and have do something after. Yeah, when we downtown. go have dinner. Yeah, whatever. It, it's a great vehicle too to have our awesome friends come in and hang out and bullshit for a little bit. So uh, just the tips, make sure you check it out. Uh, and I think the episode with Lisa Ann is one of our highest viewed ones uh, to date. So thank you so much. Yeah. For that. What is it like to have a bird's eye view of your relationship? Because when you're watching the clips, you are watching you two as a couple. You know, <laughs> I think the biggest um, revelation I've had seeing myself third, you know, third person like that is a lot of times, especially in the early episodes, um, where me and Joanna, you know, we're very strong individuals. We have our own opinions and sometimes they don't match. Of course. And we're, and we're, we're down to, to, to state that, you sure. know? So sometimes on the podcast we've, we've gotten in little, I won't say fights, but little tiffs. Debates. And then we'll and leave tiffs. and both of us will be like, ah, we, man, why didn't, why we shouldn't have done that. That's like, we're not, we shouldn't be like fighting on air. And then, everyone's like that was my favorite part that was so funny and when i watch it back i actually i didn't realize we were so fun unintentionally funny you know because we're just being ourselves and now i'm watching and i'm like we look like some kind of goth uh uh lucy and and ricky from like i love lucy where where we're, we've been together so long and there's so much love and we know each other almost too well <laughs> um but it works it works 
Yeah, and I think that's healthy for people to see because people are going to debate something and maybe carry a grudge for a day or two. There's things that do happen, so it's relatable. It's real. Yeah, and I think it's cool, too, to show, uh, come on, like a married couple who never fights, everything is perfect. That's so fake, and that's so not what we want to come across. We want to come across as authentic as we can. Obviously, it's a show, so it's going to be a little, you know... <laughs> produced and curated but but we're real people and we're actually married and we have real conversations and sometimes we agree and sometimes we don't and like we've been together 12 years you think we've never gotten into it of course we have <laughs> oh yeah do you think you know, you've never slept on the couch or she's yeah, never slept on the couch and in a fit so, of rage so what we want to bring is a relatability that even though we fuck all these people for a living even though we live in some aspects a very unique charmed lifestyle there's many aspects to us that are just like everybody else you well know? that brings me to earlier when we first got here and i asked you what you were doing where's joanna you said she's all making dinner right yeah because because i i made dinner earlier this week we kind of we both like to cook so i'll make dinner one night she'll make dinner one night sometimes we'll 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 divide and conquer, and you know we'll but both that, work on that stuff. That shows yeah. that groundedness, and it's not often we get to be a part of the lives of a couple that's in the industry and that's thriving on so many different uh, aspects of life as well. So, Aaron, where can everyone follow you? You can find me uh, on Instagram and Twitter at the Smallhands underscore. Uh, you can also hit up my OnlyFans.com/smallhands, where there's all kinds of spicy things. I also uh, curate special special custom playlists for fans. Um, I do live private DJ shows for fans. I do a lot of, a lot of my OnlyFans that's uh, not just the the filthy, you know. I do I a lot of- I love yeah. that. And I, sometimes I mix it. I, I do naked DJ nights I and I'll go this. live and play for people. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. That <laughs> is incredible. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I wanted to share more about you. I've, I've just loved that I've gotten to know you. Make sure you give a follow. Make sure you check out the podcast just the tips. I will make sure everyone has all the socials and for all of you out there, don't forget, visit your local Sapphire. Whether you're in Vegas with your friends for a bachelor party or an event, you need to go in that big location. You're going to love it. We've got three here in New York City. Times Square, 39th Street, and 60th Street. And Super Bowl Sunday will be the biggest party in the entire city right here with me and my friends at Sapphire 60. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lisa Ann's Backstage Comments. Woo woo!